Before we start this episode, we would like to address why you might not have seen coverage on this podcast about the conflict in Israel and Palestine. At this time, the ongoing conflict in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine is constantly unfolding. And as of now, we don't feel like we have the right platform to tell you this story in full. There are so many sides to this story, and we feel that we have to be fully educated on the situation ourselves before we can tell you what's going on. We want our listeners to know we are following the story closely, and we will try to update you when we feel like we can. We encourage all our listeners to educate themselves and follow the news on this story, and to really understand what all parties involved are going through and respect the situation. Be kind with your words and look out for those who might be affected by the ongoing situation. So, Liz, we are now one month into the new series of What's Going On. And as a podcast, we're growing and looking for new ways to tell our audience what is going on. So, welcome to our first monthly roundup. Each month, we'll choose a handful of stories that have caught our eyes over the whole month. Now, these might not necessarily be stories that we have covered in previous episodes. However, it gives us a chance to showcase what has been going on. So let's kick it off with our first story in our October roundup. Would you like me to go first, Abby? I think you should, yes. Okay. So I have a couple of stories. Um, We both agree that it's been, well, you've probably been more in it of how difficult of a month it it has been for news. Yes. So um, if you aren't aware, I work in a news organisation I work um, at Sky News so I have been surrounded by it and when we were sort of talking about what the news has been like the first word that came to my mind was heartbreaking to be honest it's been it's been a really hard month Um, and like we mentioned you know the conflict in Israel and Palestine is a massive story Um, And it's a very heartbreaking story, but it's not just that. There's been so much other stuff. And I think the general public, I don't know if you agree with this, Liz, but the general public, when talking about the news and when there's bad news, they're often like, well, it's the journalist's fault. They're only covering the bad stories. Having worked for five months in a news organisation, I can assure you we are trying to cover the nice stories. But in certain times, there isn't any nice stories to cover and that's really hard to sort of do and I definitely noticed it It got to me sort of news news fatigue I guess is the correct word for it yeah I think we were talking about you were messaging me quite a lot about how you were feeling about all the stories I mean we cover quite a few of them today some of the more challenging ones um but obviously seeing that unfold alongside something as serious as Israel and Palestine and then other issues that are going on in the world um I think a newsroom like Sky is quite different because it's 24-7 news yes. compared to a BBC newsroom or like a regional newsroom like the ITV where it's a time of day, a programme goes out, you go home sort of thing. Not necessarily, but Sky's constant. It's a 24-7 news outlet that's, yeah, it picks up, it usually picks up the news first. It's the one you see at the top. So I could understand it's, it can't have been easy. No, it hasn't, but... It has also made me realise how impactful news and journalists are. You yeah. know, they're the ones on the ground, they're delivering instant reactions and telling people what's going on, especially at the moment, everyone's trying to find out what's what's going on and journalists are often the ones to deliver that. So that's why it's so important that people do stay engaged in the news. However... Sometimes you do just want to turn it off and yeah. crawl into a cave and 
try and ignore it, unfortunately. Um, but well, I think, yeah, on that note, we should roll into our first story, which is has been quite a big story in the UK, and it is a truly heartbreaking story. So you might have heard about the ice hockey player, Adam Johnson. So he's a 29-year-old hockey player for Nottingham Panthers, um, I'm from Sheffield. We have quite a big ice hockey culture here with the Sheffield Steelers. And unfortunately, the incident occurred during a Sheffield Steelers match. Um, so if you've not seen this story, um, unfortunately, last week, Adam Johnson was in the middle of a game and there was an unfortunate collision which occurred, which caused him to suffer an injury to his neck um, which unfortunately he didn't survive. He passed away in hospital. He was from America. Um, ice hockey has a huge culture over in America and Canada as well. It's um, such a massive thing. And now the Sheffield Coroner's Court has started an inquest into his death. Yeah, it, it's really hard to address. It's a really like horrible thing. I think it's shaken a big part of the uh, British hockey community. It's not something you think you'd see every day. But those risks there, those risks are there in a sport like this. Um, yeah, it, it is truly, truly a horrible story. Definitely, and I think it, it's one of those stories. Um, I was working when it was sort of in the news, and it's one of those stories that all of us were just sort of like, this doesn't seem like it's real. It's one of those things that you imagine you see on an episode of Grey's Anatomy, Holby City, or Casualty. And it is being described as a freak accident. It's not something that regularly happens in the sport, but I think it's one of those that potentially was a catalyst for what's ha- what's now happening with safety precautions. It brought a lot of conversations to light about the safety with this. It, like I say, it doesn't happen very o- often, but it still happened, and in such a way that I think was very traumatic for the people watching spectators but also for his teammates as well to watch something like that happen in that situation and this story really stood out to me as well because of the community aspect of it as well like you say Liz you know Nottingham and Sheffield massive sort of cities for ice hockey and America and Canada as well and it was just this sort of heartbreak across loads and loads of people and just this people being gobsmacked that it had happened. And I think that's when it's so incredible that how quickly things have changed since. I kind of did some research into other cases of this because it is such a, it is a dangerous sport being on ice, even for ice skaters as well. Um, yeah. It is a really, really high-risk sport. And I looked into it, and there has been cases in uh, the NHL, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, is the American Hockey League, and then there's the Canadian version as well. I might yes. have got them mixed up, but, um, yeah. the So there has been cases over there, and a lot of them were with goalkeepers, so if people have gone to like get the puck in the goal, the goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's been a case that has been as tragic as this and I think it's because it's not one of the UK's big sports see yeah. obviously in the UK we have football we have cricket rugby they're like our martyr sports so I think it's open people's eyes to what this community is but also you know what this danger of the sport is I'll be honest I have watched the video 
um it was circulating online it came up and i thought it was like the shortened version they showed on the news and it turned out it wasn't and it is truly one of the most horrific things i've ever witnessed i've, I've um, seen interviews with people who were there and they're like i'll never get it out of my head i know I, I would never be able to process what i saw and no it was because obviously they record these episodes and stream them and they're on the tv sometimes um yeah you can't really turn the camera off that quickly so no. the video that's now circulated from the broadcast of the game, um, yeah, I I wouldn't tell people to go out there and search for it. Um, I can't. I if can't you do, like, do it at your own discretion. Discretion. I will put like trigger warnings. There is a trigger warning on it. It's it's not a pleasant watch, and it, I would not recommend it. You don't need to see it. You know what's happened. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend going looking for it. No, and I think that actually brings up something that's quite relevant to journalism um is social media and the impact yeah. that has on it you're saying how it's going viral but none of the news organizations were showing it i know for a fact at sky they weren't i don't think i presume i don't think any sky. broadcasting companies were because of the sheer graphicness of yeah. it um and it is only that the video came up on my tiktok because of i've obviously been researching the past few days and yeah it popped up I thought it was the clip from the news. Turned out it wasn't. And yeah, you only, I think on the news, they only really show the initial bit. They don't show the aftermath of it. So he kind of got up and then fell down again. And then they have to get him off the ice. Yes. Um, Yeah. I think that's why I heard he sort of collapsed whilst he was on the ice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a tragic story. And uh, there's been tributes paid to him across the um, hockey family. That I think that's what you'd call it at this point. They are a family. Uh, there's been tributes made, and um, his fiance is obviously going through a terrible time. I think they only recently got engaged at the start of the year. Oh, um, so she's obviously, you know, I, I we send all our love to his family, the fans, and of course his fiance. Um, through what is such a just must be a horrific time for them. Definitely. And I hope, like you say, this has inspired lots of conversations around safety um, and it's raised lots of awareness about sport that isn't a well-known sport. Like you say, it's not one of the top three in the UK. Um, But I think it's also raised awareness of what a a brilliant sport it can be. Shall we talk about another big story that happened at the weekend? Um, And I think... Well, I can safely say this has taken the world. I've knocked the entire globe. Um, and that is the death of um Friends actor Matthew Perry. And I mean, what was you, when you found out Liz, what was your sort of initial reaction to sort of seeing it? Um, so I woke up in the morning, it was the first thing that was anywhere. And I feel like when you open your phone, you think that's not real. That's not real. Surely not. He's what, fifty four? Yeah. Okay, and I looked into it, and it was on the, all the news outlets. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like he only released his book at the end of last year, I believe. Um, and like obviously they'd done the Friends reunion. Um, I think Friends is a staple in many households. Everyone watches Friends. Everyone's seen it. We all know, um, the character Chandler. Um, my sister particularly is a huge Friends super fan. So for her, it came as a massive shock. There were a few tears. Um, yeah, it, it it is it's just such a shock. I'm still I still don't believe it's quite real. No, I'm I'm the exact same. I saw it. Um, 
early hours of Sunday morning um saw it on Instagram and like you I went that's not real that can't be real went to sleep woke up looked at my phone in the morning saw all the news organizations had done it as like a push notification I went no that still can't be real everyone everyone's got it wrong and I love friends um watched it multiple times and I think you're right it's one of those things where no matter what age you are no matter where you where you come from what stuff you usually watch you've watched a part of an episode of friends or a whole episode it's something that can relate to so many people and I mean yeah me and my sister have watched it multiple times my parents watched it when it first came out so like it's had so many regurgitations of it that anyone from any age has watched it and can relate to something and it's so it's such a powerful story it's don't get me wrong it is outdated in some aspects of it um but I think the overall messages of friendship and love and sort of being yourself which is what we see with all of the characters is just stand strong to this day and I mean the tributes that were paid it was it the world all I saw on my social media was stuff about friends I didn't see anything else I just saw friends and Matthew Perry stuff and there was a lot of um sort of speculation because the first thing I did once I realised it was true was looked on all the other co-stars Instagram pages and went, oh, yes, strange. they've not they've not put anything on. And then I learned that um, they were sort of writing a joint statement. And I've got the statement here. I'm just going to read you out a little bit because I read it to my friend yesterday and yeah. she started crying. So it is extremely powerful. Um, so... The statement says, we are also utterly devastated by the loss of Matthew. We were more than just castmates. We are a family. There is so much to say, but right now we're going to take a moment to grieve and process this unfathomable loss. In time, we will say more as and when we are able to. For now, our thoughts and our love are with Matthew's family, his friends and everyone who loved him around the world. Yeah. And it's signed by the other five of them. And... I it's the bit about they were more than castmates they were a family they I were think that, friends they were true friends they were they all I think they all regularly met up you know and they all had a bond that I don't think you often get with a lot of sitcoms I think they're yeah. castmates they enjoy each other's company but I think these six people they had a bond that was like no other I think mm. I've ever witnessed and it like I think that's probably why. So it got announced Sunday morning <clears throat> that he had yeah. uh, died, and then it wasn't until Monday night, late Monday night, that they released that statement. So that's a lot of time where they're trying to process what's happened. Yeah, and, and then I think as well the way in which obviously we've you probably have heard that it was he passed away in his hot tub. It was found by his personal assistant. Um, a lot of things go for a lot of people's minds about what that means. Um, I think there's still like inconclusive tests um about, and there's obviously going to run toxicology because he had a, an experience with um drug addiction. Um, mm-hmm. but 
I'd hate for it to come back on that. I don't want it to be that. I don't think it is that. I think, yeah, I think... I, I don't think it is either. Um, I think it could be something very simple um, yeah. that just happens. Um, cool. And I, I hope there is an answer to that for his family and, and for his friends. But it, it's not something we necessarily need to know. It doesn't need to be... Public. Everyone just needs to, you know, sort of pay their respects and you know look at the great talent that we've now lost yeah and I think you bring up an interesting point about the fact that he wasn't just an actor he that's that is predominantly what he's known for he's known for being Chandler Bing but he was also such an advocate for drug addictions alcoholism and he really inspired a lot of people I think with that his book is brilliant in sort of being honest and open about those things and hearing interviews from people who have met him or have he's been an inspiration for I found that so powerful to hear how people had just had seen him recover and gone you know what I can I can do this too and believed in themselves again and there was a quote going around um about how he didn't want to be remembered as Chandler Bing he wanted to be remembered as someone who had recovered from addiction and who had helped other people and I think he is being remembered for that obviously the first thing you do think of when you say his name is Chandler and friends but then you think a little bit more and these other things do start to come out and just this joy and how he just affected so many people and impacted so many people whether that was through his acting or it was through his other stuff that he did and I think that's an incredible legacy to have left and I yeah I they are still waiting there's there was further testing done um and there's a lot of things coming out about sort of how he was towards his death and I mean I've got a quote here that says the friends creators say he was happy and chipper you know and he just seemed like he just just put joy into everyone's lives and yeah I was devastated I it was like say just couldn't believe it was actually true and yeah I think it would definitely impact a lot of people for a very long time but Yeah. yeah I completely agree. Yeah, it's um, it's a shock to not only the fandom but, like you said, the people that he's helped. Um, yeah, definitely. So, should we go on to our next story in this? We shall. It's a, it's a, we've gone a little bit hard hitting on the story. Yeah, we, well, I think there's like we said at the start, this month has been a truly one for the books of hard hitting news. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we did try to find nice, happy stories, but I'm afraid there haven't been that many, and that no. is awful. But we are we're here to tell you what's been going on, and unfortunately, this is what's been going on. Yeah. So, did you want to start off with this one, Liz? As you've done, you are an expert. I am. <laughs> I have been following this, and it is something that we do want to look at doing a future episode on because it is one of the big topics within the UK at the minute. Um, so it's the XL Bully story, which I'm sure many people have seen, whether it be on social media, 
um, or on the news. Um, so this week it was updated. You know, there was a lot of issues around XL bully attacks and there was talk of a ban, but this week it's been confirmed that from the 31st of December 2023, breeding, selling, advertising, rehoming, rehoming, abandoning, and allowing an XL bully dog to be straight will be illegal. Um, if you own an XL bully type dog, then um, you will be required to keep it on a lead at all times and it has to be muzzled. Um, there, there's a quite a split decision on this story and um, this is why it, it is something we want to cover more, but it takes time because we need opinion from both sides. If we go in from one side and say, yes, let's keep XL bullies, no, let's ban XL bullies, and we strongly decide on that, we're not doing our job as journalists to be unbiased and tell you the news. We're leading what we want your opinion to believe. So it doesn't matter how me and you feel about this story. It is, you know, there's people that have been affected in on both sides, um, which is usually the re the way the news goes. Um, but for us to be able to give you this story in full, we need experience from both sides. We need maybe an owner or a dog trainer, and then we need someone that has been impacted by an attack or something like that. Someone who is strongly for it because yeah, but down to like the facts of it so it's kind of been categorized as any xl bully types so there's like pocket breeds and all these ones they all fall within this category um and the the government are looking closer at how we regulate dogs and dog owners um for me personally i think a lot of issue is with a dog owner um it's a lot of responsibility to own a dog we're both dog owners um, we both have very different breeds of dog. Um, do, you have yeah. you have um a spaniel, a cocker spaniel, and I have a greyhound. Very different breeds, but with both the right owner, yeah. yeah, both take a lot of work. Absolutely. Um, but you know, it's important for I think th- them to look at who can own a dog and what dogs can be owned by the right people. Um. My granddad was telling me that at one point you used to have to have a license for your dog, and I don't know where that disappeared into. Um, but yeah, back when he was younger, like dogs were very stray. You had a dog, it just roamed the streets, it walked itself, sort of thing. But if you were that dog's owner, you were licensed to own that dog. So I think that's what they're discussing now. Do they bring this back? Do people have to be tested for the dog? Um, so I kind of went on the government website because I wanted to get straight down to the bullet of you know where are they coming from so the environment uh, the environment secretary released a little quote here i'll just give it to you now um we're taking quick and decisive action to protect the public from tragic dog attacks and today i've added the xl bully type to the list of dogs prohibited under the dangerous dog act it'll soon become a criminal offense to breed sell advertise rehome or abandon an xl bully type dog and they must be kept on a lead and muzzled in public in due course it will also be illegal to own one of these dogs without an exemption we will work we will continue to work closely with the police canine and veterinary experts and animal animal welfare groups as we take forward these um, important measures um and one of the things that they've kind of put on the bottom of this, like on this government page, you can find all this information on Gov UK, by the way, if you just type in XL Bully. Um, owners may choose to have their dog put down, uh, put to sleep, sorry, right terminology, um, with compensation provided to help with these costs. 
Um, yeah, it it's such a tough story to comment on without the people because neither of us own these kinds of dogs. Um, no. And like I said at the start, it's not for us to have an opinion on. You know, we're telling you what's going on. Um, we, Definitely not we what we think take, about what's going on. <laughs> we probably both have very strong opinions um, in whichever way they may be. But for us to be doing our job and informing you correctly, it, we have to work on it and, yeah. But I wanted to add it to the roundup because it is one of the big stories of the month and it needed to be just addressed a little bit. Definitely. And I think you've sort of hit the nail on the head as to why it's such a big story. There are so many different opinions about this and there are so many different elements to those opinions. You know, you can be for part of it, but also not agree with another part. And even the ban is quite complicated you know like you say there's so many small pockets of these things and I heard an interview from a dog trainer and the journalist asked him well have you ever come into contact with one of these and he said well I might have done but because they've been bred differently like like I've got a cocker spaniel like he's not a how he used to be you know 100 years ago the breed like breeds evolve they um bred differently to be desirable as pets you know so it's very easy to do a blanket ban but like you're saying the logistics need to be worked out the specifics I think that's what the government is doing at the moment they're working out okay if we say this how does that actually relate to real life what does that mean for the everyday person and that's still going on and this update provided some clarity um but There's still lots of things and there's lots of opinions about this and there will continue to be lots of opinions until it happens and even afterwards. When we initially saw the reports that they could be banned and put on the Dangerous Dogs Act, there was loads of protests that happened and there was an uproar from people who were in favour of them um, being kept as pets and sort of not being put on this list and for every for every argument for there's an argument against and yeah. people, lots of people have lots of different reasons for those so like Liz says it is something that we are working on trying to understand and coming from it as two people who love dogs and but also very we, we pay attention to what's going on in the world yeah. so we we know what's going on with this and we're trying to learn more from different aspects but you need we need someone who's been affected by it and that's what we're working on so there will be an episode about this but it is something that we're working on trying to create definitely I mean you know we can turn around the stories really quickly and it'd be really inaccurate and not um be as informative as it can be and you won't understand the story and you'll get it from one side and we didn't want this podcast to be about our opinion and what we thought on it it's not about that it's about us looking at the news, analysing it and going, right, what is the story here? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, if we're sat here doing a normal talk podcast explaining, well, I think this and I think that, it's not about us. It's about what's in the news and it's about giving you a place to be able to process that information and create the opinion for yourself. And, yeah, and that's what we're looking forward to continuing to do, hopefully, in the future. Um, And we promise that we won't continue to repeatedly do weather episodes as episode <laughs> one and two proved. Um, and there's so- a storm going on at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> they were, I can't say that there'll be a storm here in episode, but you never know. 
who knows <laughs> but yeah so that is just proof we are working on wider things than floods and storms uh, yeah. but they, they are the good stories to cover for a good episode because they affect everyone and there's only one side of it no one's yeah. gonna <laughs> that a storm's done damage um so it, it gives us that place to be able to keep creating content to share with you and be able to tell you stuff while we work on the back in the background on the stories that are more ongoing and that have a lot more opinion around them. Um, yeah, that's. I've, I, to be honest, I think I've ended up wrapping the episode up. Um, Beautifully You're an expert. In this. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we've got degrees in this. <laughs> almost like that. <laughs> almost like that. Thank you very much for listening to our first monthly roundup of our October stories. We are very sorry that they haven't been as uplifting and exciting and as entertaining as Storm Babette was um but we will hope hope that you join us next time and we will see you soon see you soon goodbye